Good evening. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today's episode is about concussions. I started working with concussions in the early 2000s when I was started working with the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, the Toronto Marlies Hockey Club that moved from St. John's, Newfoundland. And I was working as a student athletic therapist at the time. And most of the comments around hockey and soccer and football was that I got my bell rung, I was seeing stars, I got knocked out. And then when we started to identify the term concussion a little bit further, we would say, guys would say, I can't get a concussion, I have an iron jaw. I can't get a concussion, I have a strong neck. Or they'd make jokes like, there's nothing up there to rattle. Or there's my head's hollow anyways. But it's a very serious issue. And anyone who has a concussion currently, long-term symptoms, anyone who's a family member knows that it can be very mild and the symptoms can pass quickly. But it can also be extremely impeding on lifestyle, on happiness, and on relationships. Now, we all know somebody with a concussion. Jay Harrison and I, when we were touring Canada with Tony Robbins or going into the hockey arenas, we truly discovered this, that every single person that came across our booth, came across our table, or even in our own social life, uh, clinically or walking around the streets, in family homes, Everybody knew somebody with a concussion. It wasn't until around 2011 when Sidney Crosby missed the majority of the 2011-2012 year in his NHL career with the Pittsburgh Penguins from the symptoms of a concussion. That's when people socially started to really take notice of the impact of concussions because here you have the arguably one of the best players in the world at the time, missing an entire season, missing significant playing time. Then the issues became even more into the face of the public eye when the movie Concussion, starring Will Smith, came out in 2015. That kind of reintroduced the impact of concussions on families Uh, It introduced CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, uh, and how the brain can degenerate from the injury over time and the impact on the anatomy. And the focus really went towards the NFL and what is the NFL doing to protect the players and their long-term health. The NHL also became a target and most leagues across the world felt a pressure to understand how their sport has either safety mechanisms, medical protocols to protect people, equipment to protect people. And all of that was great. But before all that, um, we really saw the impact and the difference between just monitoring symptoms and intaking symptoms and being able to actually support people through the process. And there's still a significant gap and there's still not a great clear method of supporting the patient and supporting the families. So 
we'll get into that over this podcast. There's a few loaded things in here um, because I've been working as an athletic therapist since the early 2000s. I developed uh, the Brain Evolve formula, which was the first nutraceutical to help support concussions and support the brain health. We got a U.S. patent, Canadian patent, and then three Health Canada licenses. Basically, it is fueling the brain and nourishing the brain to decrease inflammation, increase energy to the brain cells, and balance hormones. I'm no longer working with that patent or the supplements. Uh, A different company has now taken that over. But we learned an extraordinary amount of details about how we can impact sleep. That was the, the biggest factor in recovery with concussions, how we can impact mood, hope, positivity, and just level out the playing field of uh, between professional athletes and the general public because uh, there, was a, there was a gap in between um, those two environments. So just to backtrack a bit, when I started the process back in the early 2000s, around 2007, 2008, um, we were always concerned about the blood-brain barrier. We were taught in school about the blood-brain barrier. Nothing can cross the blood-brain barrier. That was the education system at the time. Now it's a little bit different. We didn't think we could nourish the brain. We kind of put the brain on a proverbial pedestal up in the cranium. You can't touch it. It's it's a sacred thing in a sacred place. Uh, but none of that ever made sense to me. How can we not access the brain? We can access every other part of the brain. How come when I drink tequila or drink coffee, I, I'm certainly feeling something? So why isn't my brain being nourished or how is this blood brain barrier protecting my brain from alcohol coffee sugar water everything why can only water penetrate so uh, and people were saying at the time too that nerve cells cannot regenerate my brother scott he went into uh, neuroscience at dalhousie and he went over to europe for a year and came back and now he's still in medicine and him and I were constantly going back and forth on the concept. And we had access because we were in school or he was in school after I graduated to all the different databases and new studies. And so it started to come out after a few years, after we got the patent process started, that nerve cells can actually regenerate. And then it came out with some of the stats that the the peripheral nervous system can regenerate at one to two millimeters a day, which is which actually can be sped up um, from some of the work that I've done with clients over the years uh, who've had surgeries where the surgeons nick the nerve of uh, of the radial nerve and creating radial nerve palsy, and that's actually the spot where. I really saw the impact of nourishing the nervous system and nourishing the brain with this particular individual. So at the time, uh, he was a lawyer, father of two. He was boxing at lunchtime, and he went to 
throw a punch, but then his trainer went to to throw a punch back at him, and he ruptured his bicep tendon, the long head of, or the sorry, the distal end of the biceps, and the bicep rolled up into the shoulder. Because it's a full tear, the there was not a lot of pain, just discomfort and weakness. Um, so after a couple of days, he went home or he was at home and he went to pull his socks up and he couldn't. So he asked his wife to help him with his socks. She looked at his arm. She saw that there was a, basically a giant divot in the arm. And within two hours, he was at Mount Sinai Hospital getting surgery uh, to repair the tendon. Because of the number of days and the way that the bicep rolled up, the surgeon nicked the radial nerve and gave him radial nerve palsy. What that does is really fully curve the hand inward and curve the fingers um, because the radial nerve, which extends the hand and extends the fingers, cannot work. So he couldn't even do up the buttons of his shirt. So he came in late October of that year and he said... Uh, I heard good things about you. Uh, I need you to help me with my arm. And the surgeon, when I talked to him, he said, if he ever moves his hand again, it'll take up to two years because of the damage and because how the nerves at the time will regenerate. Well, we nourished the nerve. We did the supplements. We did the electroacupuncture. We did all the manual work. And then him and I and his trainer went down to Kansas City uh, eight months later to the master's tournament and he won his belt. Uh, it was a, a awesome story at the time, but that really kind of turned me on from how the nervous system can be affected by all these different types of treatments. And the biggest thing was the cells need fuel. We really need to fuel our cells to perform just like we do with our cars and our athletes and, our, and um, our kids, like when people are hangry, we need to fuel. And so I set out to find out what were the best things to do. I met up with Dr. Gus Peller. We kind of created a list. Uh, he, we got into the patent process. Uh, we started with the U.S. and Canadian patent. Uh, we went to Bearskin and Par, and um, it's a law firm in Toronto, amazing job those guys did to get us the patent and the canadian patent actually just finished in 2021 uh, in may uh, and it was a we learned a lot during that process but the biggest thing with the concussions was that it was really impacting people's mood people's physical function their libido and their sleep when I was working with the NHL guys, I would go to their hotel rooms or I would stay at their homes and we would be waking them up at night and they would tell me some stories at that time, like two, three, four o'clock in the morning about how they felt, how their moods were affected, how they felt weaker or they just felt disconnected with the family. Uh, and this was then uh, like carrying forward a number of years when Jay and I went to the NFL Players Association of the alumni down at the University of Central Florida before the Pro Bowl. We we had a booth there, and we were meeting with Dr. Archie Roberts, uh, who was big in, onto the project that we were on. And we saw the long-term impact. 
So we saw the modern day younger athletes, but then we saw the guys who were in their 50s and 60s. It was very disturbing. We had individuals, we were observing individuals who had nurses uh, helping them to unzip their pants because they couldn't coordinate. Uh, guys with severe macular degeneration. We have had heard, we've heard stories from NHL coaches having multiple sets of keys or players. Uh, not remembering how to get home uh, after practice or after picking up their child from ballet class. Just significant impact on their physical and mental function. And what would, that was leading to is, is severe addictive behaviors. And these, are, these stories along the way is really what fueled both Jay and I to push through the project of being entrepreneurs, to, to push and continue to invest money, invest time, figure out ways to sell the product. Because on some of the darker days of that, those bottom rock days where you invested a ton of time and you, you sold a couple of bottles, you'd get one story kind of coming in of one lady from Vancouver Island, for example, who hasn't been able to leave her home for a couple of years because of the inflammation in her brain and the severe migraines or uh, a prospect hockey player with one of the NHL teams who fell off his roof and hit his head on a truck in the driveway uh, basically also kind of stuck inside wasn't able to play and then after a, a little bit of use with the products and some of the treatments that we were suggesting uh, with the neck and the um, inflammatory conditions, was able to then go watch hockey, get into the pro rink again, and observe everything. It was quite fascinating. And we wanted to really help because truly we saw the impact on everybody. The family members who are around people who are going through chronic concussion symptoms or the early stages of CTE very similar to Alzheimer's, uh, which is the umbrella term for like dementia and different conditions, where, or, sorry, I messed that up. It's actually dementia is the umbrella term for Alzheimer's and everything else. So kind of brain malfunction there. But the impact makes everybody kind of feel a little bit uneasy. Because the individual who's going through these conditions really gets a little bit more emotionally uh, hypervigilant and then going into like um, like a hypo state. So they're easy to irritate, easy to kind of put into rage during different stressful times. And it's because of their limbic system or their amygdala. So a little bit more science there. If you take your hand... And just to uh, help a visual, if you take your hand and you have their hand open and you fold your thumb over uh, into the middle of the hand, um, that, that thumb is your amygdala and the limbic system. Then you take your four fingers and you kind of make a fist over top of your thumb. That's your prefrontal cortex or where your executive functioning skills come in. So that amygdala and that limbic system they're in charge of fight flight or freeze all of us kind of have this innate behavior system set into us 
you can see it in your children, you can see it in your spouses or in older relationships where once something happens, they're they're either going to fight you, they're going to freeze, or they're going to flee. And when we're going through these stressful times, the system between the thumb and those four fingers, that prefrontal cortex, it causes us to flip our lid. So when there's inflammation and there's stress and injury, those four fingers disconnect over top of that thumb. So if you have that fist closed and then you open the fingers up to have kind of, you're showing the number four, that's called like kind of flipping your lid. So the more injuries that occur, the more stress, the more degeneration, you're more easily going to flip your lid. And then that's when you're going to go into the behaviors of hot expression of anger versus cold expression of anger, which is like fighting, freezing, throwing things, just not really great behavior that society likes to see and that family members like to see. So we want to keep those fingers, we want to keep our lid closed so that we have the cold expressions of anger or the cold expressions of emotion where you do meditation and breathing and regulate the nervous system. Obviously, we all go through these times where we flip our lid and it's just making sure that our environment is helpful so that we don't do it as often or as impactful on the family. And then into the concussions a little bit further, it's really difficult with the symptom patterns because everybody connects a little bit differently with the concussion symptoms and they present in their own way. So somebody will have more migraines, somebody will have more constipation, somebody will have more light sensitivity. It depends on their diet. It depends on the anatomy that's affected and it's affected by um, previous injuries and as an example, every new concussion, that person is going to have symptoms on average two and a half times longer than that original concussion, which is significant. So we really need to identify the symptom pattern so that we can see which anatomy is affected and how to support it. Now, over the years of doing this, there's been all kinds of trends of treatment options. I've seen Things like the blue light glasses that kind of Dave Asprey was promoting for a while where it makes everybody look like they're walking around a construction site with the yellow glasses. The issue I have with those uh, is with our body, the classic line of if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you're impeding an entire portion of the light spectrum into your eyes, yeah, you might have some relief, but... How about you just put the phone down? Just give yourself a bit of a break on the tablets or the phones just for a little bit of time so that you can rehab yourself. Uh, I've seen people with cannabis um, really promoting cannabis as a way to support concussion healing. This group is generally very protective of the use of cannabis. Uh, They're very hard to get off the use of cannabis, but... There's more erratic behavior in the group in general. And they say, well, I want to, it really helps me sleep. I take um, a puff or two or a joint before bed. Uh, I take a gummy before bed. 
Yes, it will help you kind of decompress a bit, but it actually blocks the stage four REM sleep. Some people would argue with that, but there's more research showing that um, the impact on serotonin and melatonin, it actually blocks the REM sleep. So people aren't getting into that deep um, dreaming state, which is where your recovery and rebuilding is going to happen and where more uh, glutathione production is happening. So you can, can't really like cleanse the body, cleanse the brain um, uh, with the cerebral spinal fluid because it dehydrates it a bit. Um, so the brain, to, to pause there for a sec, so the brain is really sitting in um, a bag of fluid called the cerebral spinal fluid where all the nutrients it needs kind of flow around it into it. And then there's other things like glutathione that help to clean all the toxins out. And it, this fluid is helped with uh, the breathing rate and it moves from right behind the eyes all the way down the spine and kind of nourishes and lubricates everything. Uh, that's a high-level overview of like the cerebral spinal fluid and, and the brain. But the cannabis and all this, it, it really affects the receptors and the, the detoxification, uh, which makes people a little bit more erratic, uh, a little bit testier. Um, that's why they smoke more and more until they get to a limit um, where they realize it's actually more negative behavior um, than positive outcomes. The next trend that we've been seeing lately is um, microdosing psilocybin, microdosing ketamine, and LSD. The research on those are pretty early. There's a lot of clinical studies being um, done in, in a very positive way with the psilocybin, ketamine, and LSD. I've seen some really positive outcomes. Uh, but at the beginning, when we were going through this, the main support system for the nervous system, and still kind of today, is fish oil or B vitamins. Um, People will go on to present with keto, uh, different dietary trends like keto diet, um, just eating fats, just eating protein, just eating vegetables, uh, or intermittent fasting. Everybody is pretty heated and pretty um, like set in their ways when they're coming in for treatment. Look, I have my guy. I have... Like, this is the podcast I've been listening to. Joe Rogan told me to do this. This guy told me to do that. I'm doing intermittent fasting. I'm on the cannabis. I've got my blue light glasses. The next thing is their lasers. I use this laser up my nose. I use this laser in my ear. Uh, everyone just kind of needs to, like, ease up a little bit on some of the technologies. Um, we have to really kind of support the presenting symptoms. Keep it simple, smart. I've seen trends where Jay and I were in Hazleton Lane's mall before we met this older uh, kind of NHL legend. And this guy was selling us on socks, saying that this, this type of sock with this material in the socks is really what's going to balance out your system and get the concussions to heal. Uh, we were sold on like neck bands and arm bands and magnets and sleeping mattresses. It got a bit wild after a while. Um, but really, we just always kind of stuck to 
keep it simple, smart. Uh, align, nourish, and strengthen the body. The body is a complex system, but we know how it works. It needs fuel, it needs hydration, and it needs sleep. And when it's getting that, it will naturally want to recover itself. It naturally has the incredibly complicated, beautiful immune system that will heal everything from wounds to fighting off viruses. It's an incredible system that is just fascinating. But that's a different podcast. So when in your if you're out there with a concussion right now and you're out there uh, with a, you're listening to this and you're a family member who has somebody with concussion and they're trying all these different things and they're kind of getting a bit foggy. They're not really clear on the path. They're trying too many things. They're buying five thousand dollar packages of uh, psychology sessions and five thousand dollar or ten thousand dollar uh, packages to do these lasers in their nose or in their ears or on their tongue. This is these are not this is not an exaggerated claim. These are actually programs out there. The amount of positive outcomes versus from those systems after working in this for seventeen years is very very limited. For the amount of financial stress, because the people are often not working, they have to take out loans. They have to borrow money from individuals. I cannot say it is really that uh, mandatory to to sign up for those kind of packages. And with the products that we made, we had we were very sensitive to this. So we, the the formulas that we made had to be accessible. They had to be able to work quickly, and the product. Uh, within one or two doses, let the person sleep. We did tracking with Fitbits, Apple Watches, all kinds of things. That person gained over 20% new sleep uh, hours with the REM sleep in those couple of days. It was fascinating. And the product was priced at a point where it was $65, which is accessible. It was available in all GNC in Canada. And it, we were we were doing well with it. So that was kind of what we wanted to do. That's what we were kind of focusing on with uh, really a medical protocol that will help concussion healing. And that's what I do in my clinic, Active Solutions Medicine. Um, Things are accessible. Things are easy to use. And really, we'd really try to meet them and keep it simple so that people are able to kind of take bite-sized pieces of their therapy so that we can gain some momentum we can maintain hope and build trust so that that person is comfortable moving through their symptoms uh, getting comfortable getting back out into their sport behind the wheel back into the family dynamic where they are feeling much more comfortable Um, and that's but that's kind of what's been working and if it doesn't work then we adapt and we research and we try to find different ways with the individual to get them motivated, to aspire them, and to improve their active daily living. Uh, with um, concussions, um, the, some some people are like, well, 
I'm just not going to put my son and my daughter into football or I'm not going to put them into hockey. Uh, Soccer, for example, is actually pretty equal to uh, football, American football. Uh, Rugby, people are also like, well, rugby is pretty tough. Rugby is actually lower because of the way that the sport has the lines and the type of tackling uh, and the speed at which people are running is a little bit differently than um, somebody who is geared up with a, a helmet and shoulder pads and have like a, a solid boards or glass to run into. Um, cheerleading in the U.S. causes a ton of concussions from the falls, over 400,000 concussions. And then um, the military from blasts and training has a significantly large um, population of concussions. Age-wise, um, some of the kids are a, a little bit more susceptible because of the weaker necks and the sensitivity, um, as well as the older population, because the capillaries are more weakened in the brain, so you'll get kind of more uh, significant balance issues you'll get uh, more sleeping disturbances Uh, and then with gender females um, statistically are also a little bit more susceptible to longer term symptoms Um, a little bit slower healing about 30 percent slower healing Uh, so there's different ways that we can support each one of those demographics and then uh, we really want to support the um, reduction of secondary complications. And the key there is the sleep mechanism. So one thing I really discovered, like how do we sleep? People are always talking about sleep. Well, sleep mechanism, when our, particularly with uh, those blue light glasses and uh, people meditating and breathing and doing all kinds of things, when, when it gets dark at night, our eyes start to produce glycine. Glycine then moves through the optic nerve, through the optic chiasm, this nerve that goes down towards the brainstem, and then back up to the pineal gland. The pineal gland produces melatonin, and then it kind of sends that melatonin throughout the cerebral spinal fluid to say, hey, we got to shut this down now. So in the supplement that we had, was a high dose of glycine. We had astaxanthin, which reduces inflammation in the optic nerve and the cerebellum uh, so that that electricity can flow properly from the eye through the optic nerve to the optic chiasm to the pineal gland. Then we had phosphatidylcholine and phosphatidylserine, which which are messengers on the outside and inside of the cell walls. So as that electricity flows and the cells need to do their job inside, um, that message is transmitted a little bit easier because in the research, those big phosphatidyls, those keep that um, lipid bilayer. If we go back to grade 10 biology, it keeps the cell walls together. They are a significant function, both as receptors, but also as structural components of the cell wall and so we um, the phosphatidyls are found in the cerebral spinal fluid when you do um, CSF um, tapping and so we really wanted to put solid doses in there Um, taurine 
Taurine fuels the cells. It's the most abundant amino acid in the body. And then melatonin, a little dose to kickstart the process. And that will help the sleep cycle. So the sleep cycle is about four hours long. So that's why people are going to bed around 10 p.m. and they're waking up at 2. Uh, Then they're up for two or three hours. That's because the melatonin, um, the glycine, the different things have uh, certain half-lives. And it's, it's getting wasted a little bit too quickly. So we have to kind of do what we do with uh, younger people sometimes. Um, people will argue with me, but sleep training. So we need to sleep train ourselves sometimes. So uh, we got to reduce kind of those later afternoon naps. We have to work on the sleep hygiene with um, types of caffeine, hydration, stimulation of movies or TV shows tablets um don't sleep with your cat on your head or your pillow or your dog in your bed Uh, i know we all love our pets but it might just be a time where we have to put them into a different place so that we can get our proper rest Uh, there's other things like we might need some blackout blinds and as we tried to work on our sleep hygiene and our sleep training cycles we're then able to move from one sleep cycle to the next so that we can get into more consistent movement. Um, this will be shown as we're waking up at 2, then we're waking up at 3, and then 3.30, and it's the, the gauge is kind of sliding along a little bit further. Then we're up at 5 and 6, and then we're next thing we know, we're at a full 8 hours of, of adequate sleep. That progress can happen in a few weeks. It could happen in a couple of months, but it will get there. Um, That's where we want to measure the progress. We don't want to, we just want to data collect. We don't want to get too caught up like, oh man, I didn't sleep again. Oh, I was only up at uh, three today. Yesterday was four. Yesterday was five. I went backwards. No, we just have to intake the data because it will help us to educate ourselves on our symptoms and how our body is functioning. Um, this is the key to supporting the long-term impact of cognitive decline. Education is the keystone. It locks everything together. So if if the symptoms start to change, the headaches start to come back, the sleep starts to change, if sleep starts to decrease, the eye pain or the balance or the mood starts to change, we have to see what's happening in our environment. Has our stress been a little bit changed is it closer to tax season and we've been doing a little bit more cognitive function do we try a new type of exercise that uh, might be disrupting our system did we go to a birthday party and have some birthday cake or we're trying this new um, recipe with this new sauce or uh, all kinds of little things that will increase our blood sugar levels Uh, increase our inflammation and kind of just disrupt the system a little bit so that we we're not moving from the sympathetic state the fight flight or uh, freeze spot into the parasympathetic the rest and digest stage there's little things that we do so we even do that with say someone who sprained their ankle their rehab might be going along well and all of a sudden they went for a run which they've done five or six times And then they're confused as to why their ankle is swollen. So they thought they might have done too much. And initially they want to shut their rehab down. But when we look back over everything, what they did was they had um, kind of a 
significantly processed birthday cake. They had a bowl of ice cream and some um, spicy burritos. That's going to really trigger the nervous system. It's going to increase the inflammatory system and going to put everything there because the body will send more inflammation to the area that's already slightly irritated. And so once we see that, then we just know how to support it. So continue the rehab process um, with the brain health and then we're back on track. And then that helps sed- like reduce a lot of the anxieties, a lot of the worry so that we can move the worry back into our willpower and into our um, support system so that we're able to move through it a little bit quicker. And then just to wrap up, there's a couple other things. Um, COVID versus concussion versus the aging brain. It's all a spectrum. Uh, there's inflammation in the brain that happens with COVID, like in the olfactory nerve that's impacting the limbic system as well. Um, the concussions are, are impacting different parts of the brain, which are impacting the amygdala and the limbic system. And same thing with the aging brain. The shrinkage of the cells, the dehydration of the sh- cells um, create that disconnection between the limbic system and your higher level functioning system. And it's a spectrum. Uh, You can have mild symptoms of COVID concussions or aging, and you can have severe, but we want to fuel our brain, support it during stress by breathing, relaxing, finding ways to change that stress mechanism so that our brain is getting enough blood flow our brain is getting enough cerebral spinal fluid and hydration, and it's able to detox itself um, through adequate sleep, uh, through um, guided and tracked exercise, guided and tracked meditation, um, so that we're better able to be present. Because when we're in a concussion state, when we're in the aging brain we really are more prone to anxieties we're more prone to a uh, an active busy disconnected um, almost like a, a ADHD style of brain style of thinking people complain about their memory not being adequate they're not feeling like their focus is there and so The last thing I'm going to leave you with is when you're going through these rehab processes and it's either you or it's your loved ones around you, be here, be right here, and be present with you. That will help your focus, that will help your rehab, and it will help your calmness. And that's when we can heal. Be here, right here, present with you. Thank you. That is the bottom rock.